This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, I'm releasing this not on the normal cadence of 3 a.m. Thursday morning, but it's for good reason. Because on the evening of Monday, February the 25th of 2019, I'm recording this on Tuesday, February the 26th of 2019, the Democratic Party of the United States of America officially became the party of death. So to back up just a little bit, obviously we've talked a lot about it here on this podcast and you've seen a lot in the news. Abortion has been in the news a lot in this short period that we've seen. That is 2019 up to this point. We've seen the state of New York legalize abortion through the date of birth. We've seen them remove abortion from the criminal code. We've seen Virginia and Rhode Island try to follow suit immediately behind the state of New York. Uh, We've seen the Virginia governor, Ralph Northam, amongst his other issues that he's having to deal with right now. He basically came out in support of infanticide. It seems like every week there's a new insane story about abortion. But nothing could have prepared us for what we witnessed inside the United States Senate chamber on Monday night. So the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, again, it's kind of a mouthful, but the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act came to the floor for a vote. So this bill was sponsored by and authored by the Republican Senator of Nebraska, Ben Sass, And basically this would mandate that doctors attempt to save the life of born alive infants after a botched abortion. So let me be clear on what that means. So the doctor is in the room, right? And their only goal is to kill the baby. That's what they're there for. You know, keep the mother alive, presumably, and kill the baby. But they suck at their job, right? They're bad at it. Thank the Lord that they're bad at it. And when the baby passes, again, the magical vaginal canal or the magical stomach because of a C-section or something like that, the baby's alive. Basically, what this bill is saying is that you can't just leave the baby there to die. That now that it's born, it has value, and we've got to give it that value. So this has been Sass. He's addressing the Senate, and this was before the vote on Monday, and I want to quote him here in terms of what he said in front of them when he gave his speech. I want to ask each and every one of my colleagues whether we're okay with infanticide. This language is blunt. I recognize that, and it's too blunt for many people in this body. But frankly, that is what we're talking about here today. Infanticide is what the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act is actually about. Are we a country that protects babies that are alive, born outside the womb after having survived a botched abortion? That is what this is about. Are we a country that says it's okay to actively allow that baby to die, which is the current position of federal law? That's the question before us, plain and simple. Deep down, each of us knows that every member of our human family ought to be protected and deserves to be cherished and loved. The love we see every day in the eyes of moms and dads for their newborn babies is an inescapable reminder of that fundamental truth. Love is stronger than power. So that's the end of his quote there. But this bill uh, essentially amends the criminal code to include this language, quote, prohibit a healthcare practitioner from failing to exercise the proper degree of care in the case of a child who survives an abortion or attempted abortion, end quote. And I'll go ahead and give you a few more quotes here that come directly from the bill. So here we go. Quote, if an abortion results in the live birth of an infant, that infant is a legal person for all purposes under the laws of the United States and entitled to all the protections of such laws. A little bit later here, we'll go back. Quote, any infant born alive after an abortion or within a hospital clinic or other facility has the same claim to the protection of that of the law that would arise for any newborn or for any person who comes to the hospital clinic or other facility for screening and treatment or otherwise become a patient within its care. 
So in addition to that, the bill would also state this, quote, it intentionally performs or attempts to perform an overt act that kills a child born alive. So essentially, that's that's really important there. I didn't really set it up that well. But essentially, it basically puts some onus on the doctor that if they, quote, intentionally performs or attempts to perform an overt act that kills a child born alive, that they would be subject to criminal prosecution for murder. Okay, so a doctor would be held criminally liable if he were to or she were to deliver the baby and the baby was alive and then it would not try to save it or it would actively try and kill it a la Gosnell. So the the bill includes criminal penalties like we just talked about, but it also includes a right of civil action for the affected mother and a mandatory reporting requirement for other health providers. So guys, in reality, if you haven't picked it up by this point, this bill really has nothing to do with abortion. I mean, it just doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with abortion. It has to do with a human being that was born alive. So it doesn't matter if two seconds prior to you were trying to kill this baby and you did a bad job at it. That's not what this is about. This bill is about infanticide. Okay. So guys, in reality of all the bills put before the United States Senate, this one should have obviously been a unanimous slam dunk. I mean, this is so easy. This isn't one of those omnibus packages that's like a 1,200-page bill. Oh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, pass it so that you can see what's in it. Like, this isn't one of those things that's got a whole bunch of fluff and all this other, you know, pork and all these different things that people say are, are parts of these bills. There's no strings attached. There's no, like, uh, you know, Trojan horse that would allow Republicans to overturn Roe v. Wade the moment after the Senate approves this. It's nonsense. But here's the deal. Amazingly, the bill failed. And it failed because of the Democratic Party. So for any of you that are Democrats right now that are listening to this and you're tempted to get off because you're like, oh, Kyle must be some MAGA Trump guy, blah, blah, blah. Let me remind you, I had two opportunities to vote for Donald Trump and I didn't. I didn't vote for him for the Republican primary and I did not vote for him the, in the general election. So this isn't some, some sort of diatribe about how you should leave the Democratic Party and come over to the red side. So let's get back into this a little bit. The bill failed uh, from a vote of 53 to 44, and the bill needed 60 votes to approve uh, in the Senate so it wouldn't go to filibuster. So three Republicans did not vote for the bill. So two Republicans were actually not present. Those were Kevin Kramer of North Dakota and Tim Scott of South Carolina. Apparently they had some flight delays, and so they conveniently were not in the Senate chamber. But the awful, awful, awful senator of Alaska, Lisa Murkowski, she declined to vote, which was essentially a vote against this. Okay, let's be clear about that. And amazingly, only three Democrats voted for the bill. They voted to approve this bill. And so I want to make sure we recognize them. And that is Bob Casey Jr. of Pennsylvania, Doug Jones of Alabama, and Joe Manchin of West Virginia. All of the other Democrats voted for infanticide. And so I don't want this to be lost on us. And this this might seem a little bit tedious, but I want to go ahead and do this. I want to name the Democratic senators that voted against this. Okay, I'm going to name them. So we have Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. We have Dianne Feinstein and Kamala Harris of California. We have Michael Bennett of Colorado. We have Richard Blumenthal and Chris Murphy of Connecticut. Tom Carper and Chris Coons of Delaware. We have Brian Schatz and Maisie Hirono of Hawaii. More from Maisie Hirono here in just a little bit. We have Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth of Illinois. 
We've got, uh, sorry, skipping along here. We've got Angus King of Maine. He's technically an independent, but he voted with the Democrats here. We have Ben Cardine and Chris Van Holen of Maryland. We have Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey of Massachusetts. Debbie Stabenow and Gary Peters of Michigan. Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith of Minnesota. We've got John Tester of Montana. Catherine Cortez Masto and Jackie Rosen of Nevada. Jan Sheehan and Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire. Bob Menendez and Cory Booker of New Jersey. Tom Udall and Martin Heinrich of New Mexico, Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand of New York. We have Sherrod Brown of Ohio, Ron Wyden and Jeff Merkley of Oregon. We have Jack Reed and Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island. And continuing along, Patrick Leah and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was an independent, but both of them of Vermont. Mark Warner and Tim Kaine of Virginia. Patty Murray and Maria Cantwell of Washington. And then we have Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin. Those are the individuals, the satanic or just unbelievably evil individuals that voted for this. Okay. Now, as you might expect, the mainstream media did a pretty horrific job of covering this, even if they covered it at all. So they were pretty much ignoring this or it was getting not a whole lot of pub and not a whole lot of play on social media or especially on television, or they erroneously categorized it as an anti-abortion bill. Right. There were a lot of people that said this was an attack on women and doctors and things like that. But that was the thing is if you even just do a cursory glance at Google News or something like that and you just look at the headlines, the headline basically said this was like Republicans that were trying to like sneak in an abortion bill or something like that. But we've already established this wasn't about abortion from the beginning. This is about infanticide. So, but just look at how some of the people on the political left, the political left are responding to this. So we have Senator Patty Murray of Washington, who we mentioned earlier on the bill. She said it was clearly anti-doctor, anti-woman and anti-family, which is pretty rich to say this is anti-family when you're talking about keeping a kid alive that has already been born. Then we have an organization called NARAL, N-A-R-A-L. They're basically a pro-choice group. They tweeted this, breaking, the Senate has voted down Senator Sass's extremist anti-science bill that attempted to inflict medically unnecessary restrictions on clinics, spread dangerous anti-choice lies, and threaten healthcare providers with jail time. So that was a super woke tweet. Good for them. Then we have the president of Planned Parenthood, one of the lead demons in the planet on the planet Earth right now, Liana Wynn. She said this, this legislation is based on lies and misinformation campaign aimed at shaming women and criminalizing doctors for a practice that doesn't exist in medicine or reality. Again, going for the woke crown here. Then we got Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren, she uh, she tweeted this, Republican politicians just tried and failed again to score political points at the expense of women. Enough. Women and their doctors should decide what's best for their health, not the Senate GOP. Apparently, she doesn't know how to read, and before she voted on this, she didn't realize that this bill isn't about abortion. Even though we've established a billion times before that abortion really isn't about the woman, it's about the human that's growing inside their stomach. It doesn't have anything to do with them directly when we're talking about extinguishing the life that is inside them, that is not them, inside them, but not them. Then we've got the crazy lunatic Maisie Hirono from Hawaii. She said this, we're indulging the majority, the majority's use of false premise to inflame the public, shame women, and intimidate healthcare providers. Conservative politicians should not be telling doctors how they should care for their patients. Instead, women in consultation with their families and their doctors are in the best position to determine their best course of care. I mean, I, as I read through some of these statements, I'm like, on what planet are you living? 
Is this a planet where your ears and your head, you like your brain, they don't exactly connect? Because this seems like it should be pretty easy. This this is a slam dunk thing. I think uh, uh, Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire pointed this out. But this was supposed to kind of be symbolic, really. Like, this is one of those things that we already have some stuff on the books. Like, this, this should have been okay. But... At some point, you know, I think it was a week ago, we, we passed federal legislation banning lynching, even though that's kind of silly, because if you lynch somebody in any state in the union, you're obviously going to be brought up on charges of murder, right? It, it was just so interesting, some of the things that came out. But but guys, here's the key. I'm kind of getting off track, but, but here's the absolute key. All six of the Democratic senators that are currently running for the 2020 presidential nomination voted against this bill. All of them. So that's Cory Booker of New Jersey, Sherrod Brown of Ohio, Kirsten Gillibrand of New York, Kamala Harris of California, Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and then you pretty much have the, the Democratic or Independent Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, who's probably the front runner right now. So this is the translation, and I want you guys to hear me. This is the official party platform of the Democratic Party in America. This vote showed that to us. It revealed to us who they actually are. Because here's the thing, guys. This has been a trend for a while now in the pro-abortion movement. Because here's the thing. Back in 2003, there was a a bill called the Partial Birth, Birth Abortion Act that they opposed. So this is back, you know, 16 years ago. Partial Birth Abortion Act. And if you're not familiar with what a partial birth abortion is, you need to go back to episode six of this podcast. But that's essentially where they take a baby out of the mother's womb by the feet, but they leave the head just inside the vaginal canal. Then they stick a pair of scissors into the base of the skull, and then they open it up and suck out the brain so the the, uh, head will deflate so that they can pull it out of the woman's body. So there's your partial birth abortion. Isn't that, isn't that nice? Isn't that fantastic? But the thing about it, guys, that you have to think about is you have to think about how far we've come and how fast we've gotten here with the Democratic Party. Okay? In the 1990s, all we could hear was, you know, we wanted abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Again, safe, legal, and rare. They, that was on everything. They put it on stickers, on t-shirts, everything. Safe, legal, and rare. And then we get to the Born Alive Infants Protection Act of 2002, and this was passed unanimously. Every single senator voted for it, every single Democratic senator. And basically it said uh, that there was a legal protection to an infant born alive after a botched abortion. So the thing is about the bill that was killed on Monday, because you might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, we passed this bill back in 2002. Why Why is Kyle freaking out about it in 2019? The thing about the bill in 2002 and the reason that this was, you know, the bill that was killed on, on Monday, it would have prescribed what doctors should do if this happens and gives grounds for accountability if doctors don't do this. So to be clear, because I'm not sure I explained that perfectly, the Born Alive Infants Protection Act in 2002 basically gave the rights of humanhood, personhood to a baby that was born after a botched abortion. What the, the act on Monday was trying to accomplish was basically saying if a doctor doesn't do that, if they don't afford them the rights to be protected or saved or revived or any of those things, that there would be grounds of accountability there. So the thing about it was, is, you know, when Governor Ralph Northam came out several weeks ago in support of infanticide, the thing that was so interesting is that Democrats tried to distance themselves from him and that thought. I mean, they tried to walk it back. They tried to give more context. They tried to explain it. They tried to do all these things. But now look at where we're at just two or three weeks later. Every single Democrat except for three, except for three, voted for this. 
or voted against this rather. I mean, just think about that. A couple of weeks ago, it was politically tenable for these Democrats to think to themselves, ah, man, that's kind of an extreme position. Uh, Even if I agree with that, I don't want to say it out loud. But now Ben Sass, in bringing this legislation to the Senate floor, he basically got them all on record. So if this was a, a part of the thing from the beginning, one of the ancillary benefits was to get all of these evil individuals on the record. Great. Good job, Ben Sass. You nailed it. But the thing about the the reality here, guys, is America is increasingly more pro-life than they were even this time at the end of last year, right? At the end of 2018, we've seen major shifts in what's gone on with Americans thinking about abortion because when when New York approved late-term abortion, it was a gut check for a lot of people. And we've talked about that. I know some of you are even tired of me talking about abortion. Guys, go find another podcast if you're going to be tired about it, because we're going to keep talking about it. But the thing was, is it caused a lot of people to think to themselves, well, now, wait a minute. I'm, I'm really offended if a seven-month-old or an eight-month-old or a nine-month-old baby that's still in the womb, I, I, you know, I'm upset at the thought of that. But, you know, what's the difference If it's, you know, the last day of the second trimester or the first day of the third trimester, what's exactly the difference? And so you're seeing a lot of people that are moving more more towards the pro-life side of the issue, right? And whether they're thinking of that in terms of the gospel or thinking of that in terms of what they know via science, it doesn't matter. It's a reality. But here's the thing, guys, and and this is going to be maybe a shorter podcast than what you're used to. I don't give a crap. I'm recording it late on Tuesday just for you guys. But if you're a Democrat listening to this, You have to own this. You have to. This is not one of those unfortunate things that is on your party platform that you don't really have to deal with, right? There's some little issues that if you see yourself as a libertarian or a Republican or a Democrat or whatever, there's little issues that you don't really need to have a crazy formed opinion about because it's something that's so ancillary, so on the outside, so on the periphery that you just don't really need to think through it that much. And if someone were to vote in the opposite of that, it really wouldn't bother you or mess up your day. This is not that. The Democratic Party of the United States of America is evil. If you're a Democrat, you are basically saying that infanticide is okay. And you guys might get mad at me for saying that. I do not care one little bit. If you're a Democrat right now, you're an evil person because this is what you believe. And if you consider yourself a Democrat and you don't believe this, you might need to think about changing your party. And no, again, this is not some, hey, come over to the Republican side because I happen to be a Republican, full disclosure, right? I don't care what you consider yourself to be, right? I really don't. But gone are the days where you can just be like, you know what? I'm not really conservative. I'm a little bit more liberal or I'm, I'm socially liberal, but I'm physically conservative. I pretty much am a Democrat because of this. Or, you know, my grandpa was a Democrat. He was a blue dog Democrat. And so I'm a Democrat or whatever the thing is. You can't say those things anymore. The Democratic Party really in the last several months has gone so far to the left, almost to be unrecognizable. I mean, just talk maybe to someone that's in your parents' generation, but certainly in your in your grandparents' generation, and talk to them about what it's like to be a classical liberal, because there's no such thing in the Democratic Party right now. Every single senator, except for three, every single senator voted against this bill. Every single Democratic senator, every single one of them. That is a reflection of the major thought process and the national platform of the Democratic Party. This is the official platform of the Democratic Party. This is not insignificant. 
So I do not care what you think about healthcare. I don't care what you think about what we should do in other countries. I don't care what you think about foreign policy. I don't care what you think about what Trump's doing right now in Vietnam with Kim Jong-un of North Korea. I don't care what you think about education. I don't care what you think about roads. I don't care what you think about Medicaid or Medicare. I, I don't I don't care what you think about any of those things. If you're down with this, I'm not down with you. And don't come around me with this nonsense BS. But if you are a Democrat right now, I want you to email me. I want you to email me and tell me why you're staying a Democrat and make sure the argument's awesome. Because if it sucks, I'm going to read it right here on the air, man. I don't give a crap. You've got to explain this to me. As a Christian and as a Democrat, explain this to me, why you could support such an action as this. Bring it. All right, guys, before we get out of here, we're going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today we're going to work on uh, mental resilience. So I got the Senate Bill 130, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. I have the exact legislation for you. Uh, The reason why this podcast is a little bit shorter, one, I wanted to get it out to you, but also I wanted to leave you some time that you could actually go through this bill yourself. Because if there's something that I've missed, which I don't think that I have, that would completely change the tone and tenor of this, feel free to point it out to me. But the text is there so you can look at it for yourself. Also, I have a YouTube video to Ben Sass's um, address to the Senate chamber. And basically the title is Every Baby Deserves a Fighting Chance. So you should definitely take that down. But then also something that's not directly related to the content of today because it wasn't directly related to this bill. There was a debate here recently at the university. I think it was at UNC at North Carolina, but between Dr. Mike Adams and Dr. Will. Willie Parker. So Dr. Willie Parker is an abortionist who also thinks he's a Christian, which is super cute. But I've given you uh, the the long link to an abortion debate that they did. So I think it's like two hours long. But then also there's a little short clip, a little two minute clip that basically gives you the idea of the worldview of someone like Dr. Willie Parker. Gives you an idea of the seared consciousness of someone like this that kills babies for a living, who has profited very nicely from the deaths of probably tens of thousands of kids, but watch that little two, two minute clip. Watch that. So I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but make sure you give that a listen and a watch. All right, guys. Thanks as always for listening to the podcast. If you would please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. If you use the hashtag on daunted life, we will be sure to find the post and give it a thumbs up guys. If we deserve a five-star review, please leave us one. And I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2019. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast, speak at your men's event, at your conference, whatever, hit me up info at undaunted.life info at undaunted.life. Our website is www.undaunted.life and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life or Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.